so much, band. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it is a delight to focus on the identity of God and the identity of Jesus, and that is who he is. He's a God that's reached us, and praise God for that. And it's so good for us on this weekend um, to give thanks and to overflow with gratitude, for sure. And, you know, we're going to hear a phrase in just a, uh, after a few things here that happened this morning. We're going to hear a phrase, do this in remembrance of me. And perhaps you've seen the tables up front here and noticed them. They're a little different. Uh, we normally don't have tables up, but today is communion day. And um, lovely tables for this special day. And we're going to re be remembering. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And, and so it's not just a do this in terms of the ritual and the communion. And it, it is that as a close referent, but it is also all that his life stood for, all that, his, uh, all that he said, all that he did. Do this in remembrance of me. Touch the broken. Speak truth. Represent him well. Uh, live life in um, the Beatitudes. Do this, do this self-sacrificial love. Do this in remembrance of him, okay? And so that's what we want to do. That's what the band was singing about. And, uh, and you're going to hear uh, that expressed in a, lot, in a number of different ways this morning. And so what we want to do, in just a moment, we're going to have a guest presenter. Uh, he's not really a guest presenter. He's more just home for the holidays. You know him. He lived here for a while. Larry Green's going to be coming and speaking to us in just a few moments. And then after he's done speaking, um, I'm going to just share a few brief words with you, and then I'm going to give you an opportunity. We'll just take a few moments and give you an opportunity to express your gratitude. And um, Debbie will help us with this, and we'll have a mic, and we'll get the mic um, to whoever would like to speak. Just raise your hand, and then Debbie will come to you and you can just take a few moments to express gratitude and perhaps you've thought about this and would like to participate in this way today so um, be thinking about that and then after um, you express your gratitude well then we'll, we will transition to um, our time of communion and uh, where we do this uh, in remembrance of him okay uh, part of my childhood is indelibly marked with a memory I have from my mom's home. And on her wall, if you could pull up the painting for me, uh, on her wall was this picture. Anybody else ever seen this picture? Yeah, like a number of hands are going up. Online, I'm sure you have as well. So this is, uh, uh, was originally a snapshot taken in World War I era. The, the title of this thing is Grace. And then uh, they've since made it into a painting. Someone's painted it. and. Uh, it's a simple expression. In fact, I think the painting's name, uh, the, the title for this thing is Grace. Uh, and it's a simple expression of giving thanks. Look what he's got. He's got his bread. Okay, you're going to have some bread today. He's got his bread. He's got his bowl. Praise God for a full bowl. And he's got his Bible. That's a lot to give thanks for. Bread, bowl, and a Bible. You have your bread. You have your bowl. You got your Bible. God's been faithful to you. I was going to say stay with the bee and go with the beard, but that doesn't apply to everybody. Bread, bow, and Bible. You be thinking about that. What God has blessed you with, the simple things. Okay? One of the things he's blessed us with here is a Bible. 
and uh, it's so, such a delight to be able to talk out of the Bible each week and, and, and uh, be able to hear others and what God has given to them and how God has inspired them to share. And so today, um, it's a privilege, and would you please make welcome uh, to the platform Larry Green to talk about the family. Would you give Larry a welcome? Hello, family. It is really a joy to be here today. And when I discovered that we would be making a trip up from Florida, next month they turn 75, and things just don't work quite as smoothly as they used to. Like it's a little harder to see the long road. How many of you experience that or know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about family today. And I might try a couple things that Pastor Joy has tried. Last week he talked about hockey. Do you remember that? The body slam? Wisdom literature, Solomon started out by saying, hey, life is worth nothing. All the things that I gathered together, my relationships, my uh, just possessions, everything is nothing. And then he turns around and he tells you why. Everything he did with God lasted forever. Well, what I would like to share with you today is what God is teaching us about family. You are our family. I'm going to read some names here, and if, you, if one of these names is yours, I'm going to have you raise your hand. Vivian, Edie, Lily, Susie, Dan, Mira, Anya, Diana, Jack, Kate, Jeremiah, Jonah, Deb, Tony, Danny, Joey, Nick, Jan, Rod, Max, Alex, Lane, Gage, Billy, Ken, Kay, Lorena, Sherry. How many of you have one of those names? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you have a name? Raise your hand. Okay, this is the family that we were about four years ago. Sherry, Sherry, would you raise your hand there. Stand up just a second. This is Sherry, for those of you who don't know her. God put a burden on our heart to finish well. We had actually attended a funeral here and, um, about 12 years ago, and God brought a, a, an awareness of the importance of family. So about four years ago, God put on our hearts kind of a, a, a warning that, you know, in your final years, you do have some value. Family is important. You need to put some time and energy into what would be most important. And we began to realize that if we enjoy our family now, but don't enjoy our family in heaven, we've really missed out. So God began to stir in our hearts little projects. So this is our fourth year to do a project. Uh, one year we did a scripture memory verse. Uh, we were going to meet at Mackinac Island. And so for spending money, we challenged our grandkids to memorize the words of Jesus. This year we're doing an Advent. Last year we did a, a, another project with them. And each year we're trying to see if we can get them encouraged 
and to put God's word in their heart. And in just a minute, you'll see why that's so important for family. If you don't have God's word in your heart, then how can God tell you how to love your family? How can he tell you how to improve your family and to enjoy it and to heal the wounds, but to rejoice in the victories of your family? He can't, or at least it's very hard for him. So I wrote the message that I'd like to share with you, and it reads about 45 minutes, and I only have about 20 left. So I can't read my whole sermon. Pastor Joy was kind enough to put on Facebook, so it'll be there if you want the details. So what I want to do today is uh, do a little summary. So during the last couple of days, Sherry and I have been spending with our children in Columbus, Ohio. And yes, Ohio State did lose. Uh, very sad household over there this weekend. But uh, we... I spent some time and I had a copy of the sermon I wanted to preach today or the message I wanted to share that God had put on my heart. Because first I had spent a week or two just asking God, what is it that you want my Stones Hill family to know? Is there anything you're trying to share with them and share with me? Because we watch the sermon every Sunday and uh, we get fed by Pastor Joy we follow you and pray for you often, and you still are our family after 10 years. By the way, how many of you were here 10 years ago? Raise your hand. How many of you are here now since 10 years? Wow, our family's growing, Sherry. Isn't this great? Would anybody happen to be here for your first time? Would you be willing to raise your hand? This is your first Sunday here? Do you see any hands? Okay. Well, the family is growing, and we love you, and we know that God is working in your heart. So anyway, I passed the, I kind of left it laying out, and the various family members would read through it, and they would say, make sure you emphasize this, don't leave this out, Grandpa, or boy, you know what, that really did work. So what I'd like to do is... Uh, do one of my grandsons, he came up and he actually said it in a prayer. He said, Grandpa, make sure you have fun. So are you, you want to have fun this morning? All right, let's have some fun. So the first thing I'd like to do is ask, are there any Fight Club members from past or current? Would you stand? Fight Club members. Wow, that is exciting. Keep standing. Would any of you be courageous enough to come up and share with us the, the Nehemiah 4.14? Do I have a volunteer? I've got it right here. You can read it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me give my... Let's give him a hand. Good to see you. Good to see you. Welcome home. Right there. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. What was that part again? Fight. For what? For your homes, your family, your wives. And I know you do that personally, so thank you. 
So wait, wait, I've got a little gift card for you. Ooh. With money in it. Okay. And I have a challenge coin for you. Uh, I have one. One of mine? No, not one of yours. Oh, okay. one of mine. Okay. This was actually inspired by Fight Club. And I was working through some addictions in my own life. And I'll share a little more about that later. But God had me put together a challenge. So I'm going to give you the hope 24-7 sign. So if you'll put your hand on mine, may your hope be in Christ alone for you and your family. Thank you, sir. You bet. Give him a hand. Thank you. Another big influence that Stones Hill has had on my life and you have had on my life is the emphasis of a biblical worldview. I'd like anybody that's 20 or under, if you consider yourself youth, I'll, I'll count you in. But would you stand up? If you're t- under 20, you're in the youth, you're in college or in high school, stand up. All right. Let me see if I can find my thing here. Here it is. Can any of you or would any of you be willing to get up, come up and tell me the four key words to a biblical worldview? Can anybody do that? Going once. <laughs> Who would be willing to come up and read them? Come on up. I need a volunteer. Only one. There you go. Let's give her a hand. Thank you. Do you know what the first one is right off? What? If I say creation, does that start? Okay, why don't you read them to them? Do we have a mic here, or you can just read them really loud? Creation, rebellion, redemption, and restoration. Let's have everybody say it with her. You say it, and they'll repeat. Creation, Creation. rebellion, Rebellion. redemption, Redemption. and restoration. Restoration. Wow, and guess what? What? I happen to have a little gift card here for you, too. (laughs) Thank you, sir. But don't stop. Okay. Now I'm going to give you the love side. This, and I'm going to explain this in a minute. Listen, observe, verify, and, and engage. That's the way Jesus loved. May you love like Jesus loved with you, with all your family. Thank you. Yeah. Let's give her a hand. Are we having fun yet? I bet you wish I got another 40 cards out there, don't you? <laughs> I knew it. How many of you have one of these? Raise your hand. How many would like one of these sets? This is an amazing view of of the Bible and of everything in your life. And today I'm going to focus on this and family. Ushers have some. Raise your hand if you want one and they're going to give you one, all right? Raise them high. There's a couple of hands out there. Make sure you have these. Now, if you want to go to slide one, I've spent most of my life teaching, so I'm good at having things happen and have to summarize in a real quick few minutes. So I'm going to basically share with you what I looked at the Bible and said, here is a worldview, a biblical worldview, using those four words, on family. Then what I want to do is share with you a model that a lot of people use that they don't even know that it came from God. And then I want to show you how you can use the worldview on that to enrich your family. And finally, I want to let you 
to, to know that God has already gone ahead of you and given you some troubleshooting guides. You know how when you get a guide, there's a little manual in the very back, if you, if you have to go to it, it says troubleshooting. God has actually given us a troubleshooting guide for our families. I don't want to hear that. Everybody has a perfect family. I knew it. Well, every family needs it. Okay, so the first one, if you would go through the Bible, you are designed to be a family member. Family is God's design. We're going to find that in a second. Second, there are no perfect families. Look around. Okay? Nobody is perfect. Sometimes we think, oh, if I would just be like that family, if our family would be just be better or be like that family, oh, that'd be so great. If I just had different parents, right? Or if I just had different kids or different grandkids or a different wife or a different husband or a different, well, you know, somehow I would get, no, because of rebellion, no families are perfect. All families have hope. That's the redemption that God gives us. And the, this is the body slam. I kind of thought last week, that's a neat way to do a sermon, to just come in and do a body slam and give the, the ending right off. So you're ready? This is my body slam this morning, but it's coming from a 75-year-old, so you may not feel it. So I may have to do it two or three times. This is going to be a body slam slam, all right? God's secret to your earthly family is your forever family. And that's not the body slam. That's the restoration promise. The body slam is you can't raise your family on your own the way God wanted you to. It's, it's going to get messed up. Your marriage, your family is going to be messed up if you do it on your own. Now, you might do pretty good for periods of time, but there's always going to be something in there. If you are not connected to God's family first, you're going to have trouble raising and living and perfecting and enjoying your earthly family. So that's the body slam. So when you go back and say, I would like to improve my family, Start by improving your linkage and your connection and your protection to God's family, the kingdom of God, and then start working in your family. And I'll show you in just a minute in our summaries how those work. Uh, okay, that's what one of my son-in-laws said. I had to include that. I'm skipping some stuff. It's on Facebook. Okay, I'm skipping some good stuff. You've got to go read it, all right? All right. Oh, Okay. One of my grandsons said, I said, this is going to take too long. I need to skip it. He says, Grandpa, don't skip it. So if we'll go to slide two. Uh, actually, it's three, three, four, five. Yeah, it is two. Back up slide one. Go to slide two. <laughs> let's see, what slide would you like to see next, all right? <laughs> all right, let's go to two. Thank you. That helps out. Okay, so let's look at God's model real quickly. <clears throat> at the very top of the relationship model about the family is God. And God is a family. The very first family actually was God. And Christianity has the only God that started as a family. There's a father, there's a son, and there's the Holy Spirit. Never did know what exactly that meant as far as she or he or who cares. The point is they're a family. Now, when he created us, you see the, the, the two individual lines, relationship lines going up to God. He 
God created a perfect family in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had a good relationship. So on the bottom is the relationship line between Adam and Eve. And we're going to see in a minute, the closer they got to the, their creators, the closer they got to each other. So that's the basic relationship line. There was a problem in that, however, in the fact that sin entered in. And Adam and Eve sinned. So they separated themselves. Next slide. Slide three. There you go. So instead of moving up and having oneness, knowing and loving in their relationships, go to the next slide. There was a separation. So on the left side, we see that Adam and Eve kind of dropped out. In fact, they got kicked out of the garden because God wanted to keep them from eating of the tree of eternal life. But the point was that relationships would now have the burden of sin involved. Families have to deal with that. But we're going to see the good news here in a second. There is a reconnection plan that God has given all families. Okay, the next slide. So I began searching in the Bible for passages that were concentrated on relationships. And if you go to, the, to John ch chapter 13 through 18, almost 1,000 times in those three chapters, God talks, Jesus teaches essentially about relationships. Do not let your hearts be troubled. By the way, as you go through, the green is, has to do with creation. The gold has to do with redemption. Black has to do with family. Blue has to do with redemption. And any red has to do with rebellion. So I went through and color-coded it to see if the biblical worldview were in these passages. So we'll go, we're going to see those colors. But let's go ahead and read them. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. So we, we already know that there is... God is preparing your room in heaven, so you're going to have a place, okay? So you want to have a connection because you want to go to your second home in heaven. Next slide. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So we see again the biblical worldview of the uh, if you don't become part of God's family, you don't know the Holy Spirit. If you don't connect, then when God, in uh, those conversations with your children or with your spouse or any conversations within your family or those decisions you make, if you don't have the Holy Spirit there to guide you or to check you or to give you encouragement so you don't give up or to have you hold off those words and instead pray or whatever the Holy Spirit wants you to do, as we'll see here in a second, you'll be an orphan. But if you stay connected, then you can have that help as you raise your family. 
Number seven, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching and my father and, will lo- and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Again, we can see God's preparing a home for us and as we join him and become believers, we are actually part of his family. So let me ask you, each of you said just a minute ago you had a name. When I say three, I want you to say your name out loud. One, two, three, Larry. I didn't hear them all. One more time. One, two, three. Isn't that nice to know not only does God know your name, but he's got a room for you? We are family. We belong. We are not orphans. God will not leave us as we raise our earthly families, leave us alone. But there are actually hundreds of references in those passages. So here's the part my grandson said he wanted me to make sure I read. If I can find it. If you go through chapter 14, here are the kinds of things the Holy Spirit has prepared for you. If you prepare in your spiritual family, here are the things that flow over and just kind of enter themselves into your, your earthly family. In John 14, 1, Jesus told us how to handle fear. Anybody have fear in your family? Sure you do. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. How to get connected. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. The importance of staying connected. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Which, if you think about it, means with him we can do everything he wants us to do. How to treat each other. This is my command. Love each other. Ask. See, how to access resources. I like this one. Ask. In... uh, John 16, 24, ask, using my name and you will receive. And then he says something that all families need. I will give you abundant joy. And the list goes on. What, how he wants to impact your life with holiness, your calling to go to the world, and what his family brings to us, unity. And so let's go to the next slide. Okay, next slide. So let's take a look quickly as we go into the two summaries. If you want God's biblical worldview to work in your family relationships, first of all, you have to accept creation. You have to be receptive to the fact that God made the rules. Now, our society is struggling with that, and one of my children said, be sure to tell everybody that there's an attack on the family today, and we'll hit that in a minute. And if you look at the, uh, the diagram, God created families for your protection and your connection and for your resources. So the two things that I would like to say to you is get into the Word, get your family into the Word, have fun getting into the Word, have games getting into the Word, getting into the Word by coming to church by devotions, however you can do it, get into the word, and then get into truth. Number two, 
Next slide. Choose not to rebel. Probably the hardest thing in families or in any relationship is to say, I'm, that's right, I'm, let's all practice at one time, I'm sorry. Or to put ourselves second and them first. And, and yet that's important to do. So swallow your pride, focus on repairing, not comparing, and then just get over sin and self-will. Just make sure you get into surrender. We'll see that in a second again. Next slide, 11. Choose repentance. Accept God's invitation to join his family. God has provided for each of us a pathway to wholeness. Now, interestingly, you'll learn more about that pathway as you get older. If you're young, you're not so concerned about it. As you get older, you look back and say, how did I do? But there is a pathway to wholeness in that unity that God has for your life. And one way to do that is to hook up in a bay. Now, I gave out two challenge coins. And uh, one is, they're both for a website, which I'm going to share in a minute. But on the one, Hope 24-7, whenever you get into a family spat, or you get into trouble, or you don't know what to do, or you're concerned about something, or you're wanting to improve, just hook up to the Father. Talk to him about your family. Get some of that resource. The Holy Spirit's already trying to talk to you. And then obey whatever he tells you. If you've been in the Word, you've got a wider breadth of, of understanding, but even if you haven't been in the Word, the Holy Spirit will supplement for you and give you what you need. So hook up and enjoy, and then praise. Uh, number, slide number 12. The fourth biblical worldview is to restore. Get into God's best for your life. After you hook up and obey, you begin to praise and enjoy. One of the things that uh, I appreciate about Fight Club was that after you accept your rebellion and you seek redemption, start enjoying God right away. He's not going to punish you. Maybe you'll have a consequence, but he's going to welcome you home like the prodigal son. You may tick off a few people around you that he's being so happy, but the point is he's happy for them too. So don't worry about it. Start praising and enjoying, and it changes your attitudes. Okay, next slide, 13. So, here was the body slam. Adam and Eve failed as a family. They were kicked out of their home. And God began the process through the Old Testament of priests and kings and prophets to bring them back. At Christmas time, which is coming around the corner, he brought Jesus Christ to earth to become the, our way and our means of restoration to forgiveness. So God's word, if you want a stronger family, get into God's word and it'll help you with your earthly family. Then get into the body of Christ. Sherry and I have moved quite a few times in our life because of my job. And when we came to Stones Hill, we didn't just come to worship. We got involved in activities. We got involved in home groups. 
So don't just get into the Word or don't just come to church. Find some place to connect to your family so that if something happens to you, people know you're missing and why. So they can come and help you or encourage you or support you. Get into a service group. I love Operation Foundation and now you do your special projects. And the other things you do is you serve the community. Get involved in those things because it will help your children, it will help your your family link to God in special ways that way too. The first of the additional websites that I would like to share, one of the things that God has taught my family to do, and I've shared this with our family, and it really works, and it's on a little website for you. I shared it with you actually in a sermon about 12 years ago, but I would like to say that it continues to help. So let me just do a quick reminder. How do you love like Jesus loved? It's really quite easy. You start listening. Well, maybe that's not easy. For some people, that's easy. Some, it's not. Jesus listened. And then he observed the needs. So if you're not listening, you're probably not loving. And if you're not observing needs, why are you listening in the first place? But then Jesus did something that has taken me a lifetime to learn to do. Usually at that point, I would just engage. I would jump right in and help the person or get involved or do whatever needed to be done. But Jesus went and verified it with the Father. Again and again in the New Testament, if you study Jesus' life, he always wanted to be with the Father. He always wanted to be in prayer. And then he engaged. So it's a fun little website. And then I then Hope 24-7, again, is hook up obey, praise, and enjoy. Now I'm going to do something that I've always, well, I have one more thing to do, then I'm going to do something I've always wanted to do because Joey does it, and I've wanted to do it. Go to the next slide. Good, better, or best relationships. If you have the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview, and you understand the relationship model, you can always have a good relationship because Jesus said you can stay connected with love. In fact, we're told even that we can love our enemies, correct? Love those who hurt you. So you can always have a good relationship. Next slide, 15. Once both of you are connected or you're connected with your family member, you can have a better relationship. You can start with, for instance, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, is kind, does not envy, does not boast. It does not delight in evil. It rejoices in truth. It protects, it trusts. And you can count those words. I think there's over 20 things that being connected brings to your life. Discover and follow the Holy Spirit's promptings. Next slide. But what you're really aiming for, and I wish for you and I pray for you, and I pray for our family, that you can have the best relationships. Keep connected in unity and love. And probably we do that, and you'll learn to do it more and more as life goes on. You stay surrendered to God. You stay connected. 
a continued gift to God all of your life. Jesus said, love, as far as the greatest commandment, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Isn't that exciting that, that God can keep us not only connected, but he can keep giving us the best of relationships? And now the last slide. I love how Pastor Joey ends with a story. So I found a story of a guy named Robert Robinson in 1850, 1758. He wrote the song, Come Thou, Fount, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in that stanza, he said, Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a feather, fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here my, here's my heart, Lord. Take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. When he was five, his dad died. He went to live with a very austere grandpa. In fact, the grandpa was so austere, none of his kids even stayed with him long enough to be raised. So when he got his freedom and went into apprenticeship, he started visiting brothels. And if you know what brothels are, it's, they're not very good places to grow up as a young man. So one weekend with nothing to do, there was a revival, and George Whitfield was preaching over in England. And his heart was touched. He became a Christ follower. And he writes in his journal that amidst the poles of his early life and sins and amidst the poles toward, toward Unitarianism, Unitarianism is where basically Jesus is not God. He said, if I'm going to live to see my children and grandchildren again in heaven, I have to change my way of living. I know that feeling. It's an exciting feeling. So let's raise our families. Let's stay connected. Let's give our hearts to God and let him bind them. If you're interested in a pen, you can take one from the ushers on the way out. It's got the website on it, and also some more of these are there for you. Thank you for letting me share, and thank you for just loving your families. Thank you for loving this community. You can't, I can't tell you how many times we get excited when we hear what you're doing as our family here in Ligonier. So happy Thanksgiving, and now let's continue to celebrate this beautiful day. Thank you, Brother Larry, and it's just impossible to listen to Larry speak without smiling, isn't it? He'll have you smiling so many times in his talk and presentation, and we so appreciate you, Larry, and the joy of the Lord in you. Um, and he really does track with you guys. He's a part of our extended Padrishner family, and they're in Florida. And um, it's not uncommon for me during the week to get a text from Larry, and it'll be a praying hands. Well, thank you, Larry. And then maybe a few minutes after that, it'll be two praying hands. And maybe a few minutes after that, it'll be three praying hands. It's like, yes, this man, is, he's, he's interceding for me. 
and lifting me up. Praise God. And I, I so appreciate Larry Green. And uh, a biblical worldview of family. Very well done, sir. Very well done. We want to give you an opportunity to join in with Larry and all of the rest here today to express gratitude and thanks to God. We're not unsure. This is the wild card, the asterisk of how the service might go this morning, but perhaps you have felt a tap on the shoulder to stand to your feet and say, I want to give thanks to God, and I want to thank him for these two things or these three things or this one thing. And we, we don't have, like, unlimited minutes here this morning, so we want to keep it somewhat brief, but we want to just let this congregation rise up in praise and thanksgiving to God. If we go back to my slideshow, the second slide there, you're going to see a verse, and it comes out of Romans. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Of all the things that could be said of us, our addictions and our depravity and our sins, do you know what Paul says is your number one characteristic? No gratitude. They were not thankful. Isn't that, an, isn't that an incredible indictment? Wow. Second verse, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know how the Lord might shape this this morning. Pastor Debbie, if, if you're in the room, in the building, just come on up for me. Here's how I have it pictured. That one person from each section would share a note of gratitude. And so maybe we'll just start on this side, and I'll bring it down to you. And if we could just have one from each section. Okay. Tell the family your name, just in case they don't know you, and share what you're thankful for. Hi, I'm Jane Nelly. Most of you know it, Momi, know me. It's not really a personal Thanksgiving, but I am on the board of the Ruth Stoltz Preschool. And for the last four years, we have tried to build a building. We have tried to um, build a new one, whether adding on or whatever. And all the doors have closed and the grants have said no. And this past year, um, a church reached out to us to offer their basement to us. And actually, that was a year ago. And we said it was just too much work and we weren't going to be able to do that at the time. They reached out again this year. So we start applying for grants. And we have received over $100,000 in grants to fulfill the dream of uh, raising kids um, in a godly way. It's not a Christian-based, but we have godly teachers. And we are blessed with staff. We're blessed with students. And God has been the way maker. So thank him. Thank you, Lord. Okay. The section right here. Harlan Height, I'm just thankful for opportunities. Uh, when you feel, I fell in love with the sound booth on Wednesday nights, being able to serve in the children's ministry and other extra encouragement. Uh, some of the students from the past, whenever I walked into Kenzie's office, uh, one of them said, I learned so much from this guy 10 years ago, so just glad to hear of the encouragement. 
the ind indirect encouragement, the picture up there. It was in my grandmother's house, and that was the way she wanted me to pray before each meal. Probably got to go home, and it's been in a closet for the last 20 years since I moved into town, so I'm probably going to need to find it and post it somewhere as a reminder of how you should pray. Thank you, Harlan. Praise the Lord. Make sure you tell them your name, Dennis. That's what she said. My name's Dennis Leatherman. This is my wife, Lori. I have four children, Ethan, uh, Ben, Ethan, and Mallory, his wife, Ben and Jenna, uh, Jonah, and Malia and Jaron, her husband. Um, the first thing I need to say that I've, we, we forget is, Lord, I want to thank you for healing my son, Ethan, from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. 11, 11, 11. That was 11 years ago. We were in an office of a surgeon trying to decide that he was going to tell us how he was going to handle the recent brain tumor that they found in Ethan. And on the week of Thanksgiving, um, he had his brain tumor removed. Uh, the, the surgeon described it as aggressive. We later on found out that they initially uh, diagnosed it as glioblastoma stage four. Go ahead and Google it. You'll find out how serious it is. And later they changed that to anaplastic ependymoma stage three. With all that said, there was a lot of things that took place during that whole time. And, and the two things I need to, to be thankful for is the fact that he, he reached down in, in a lot of different ways and healed my son. And that was 11 years ago. And I'm so thankful that we've had 11 years and two grandchildren blessed to us through him and his wife and another one in February. And the other thing that I needed to be thankful for was my, I was reeling during this process. And the Lord gave me a verse through WBCL, Philippians 4, 6, rejoice in the Lord always, I'll tell you again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, so that, and this is what I needed, so that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, one thing we used to do for the first couple years when we had our evening meal was we used, to, we used to pray and we used to say, thank you, God, for healing Ethan from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. And we've gotten away from that. We're just like the Israelites who walk through the desert and they complain and they forget about all the miracles that were showed them. And, and one thing that I want to commit to my wife as the leader of our household is to get back when we pray is to thank the Lord for healing Ethan from the top of his head to the tips of his toes every single day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone in this area?
I'm Abby Lindsay, and I'm just thankful for servant leaders. And um, two weeks ago, we lost a dear family friend who um, she served faithfully in the church I grew up in. I don't know how long, but long enough that I had her as a three-year-old, and my girls were blessed to have her as a three-year-old. And she was with me when I met Jesus. And so I'm just thankful that people continue to faithfully serve and lead our kids to Jesus. And also would just admonish all of you who are serving, and thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well said. You all shared Thanksgiving in a way that we can all relate to and connect with our hearts. So are we ready for communion, Joey, or did you? Okay. Okay, sure. Okay, just want to let you know we're going to um, do our family communion time now. So if you're a, an uh, elder who is planning on serving communion, go ahead and make your way forward or anyone who is, is supposed to be serving. And then I just want to let you know the ushers will dismiss you. Don't leave your seat until you, the ushers direct you so that we can get the flow of how it will work, um, how the outsides will come in and how the middle will move, but an usher will dismiss you. So thank you, ushers, for doing that. And just want to remind us all this morning um, that the communion meal is the best Thanksgiving meal we could ever eat. Um, Jesus has said that um, uh, the bread is, is true food and the wine is true drink, his flesh and his blood are true food. And the thanksgiving of Christ that brings life everlasting into us is the best Thanksgiving meal you or I will ever eat. Praise the Lord. That's exciting. So um, I'll let Pastor Joey say a few more remarks. And just as you prepare your heart, there's lots to be thankful for. Well, thank you, Pastor Debbie. And I agree with you 100%. And um, the, the brokenness of the bread on the table is not only the brokenness not only on the table, it is also around the table. And the prominent theme in communion, okay, is that of brokenness. His body's broken for you. And when you pull that bread off of that loaf, and we have Amish uh, communion bread here, very unique, northeastern Indiana, okay? Uh, when you pull that bread off of there, and you break that. You put that bread in your mouth, and you press that against the top of your mouth, and you let that bread dissolve in your mouth, and you swallow that down. That's a picture of something. You're taking Jesus into your life. You're fully his brokenness, okay? Your brokenness, it comes together. And through his redeeming work, we heard it this morning, creation, rebellion, redemption, Restoration, okay, the redeeming work of Christ, right? It avails for you and for me, and we assimilate him and his truth into our lives. Some people are like, well, I don't know if I fully understand communion. Can I give you just a little, a little insight that might help you? Yes, there's mystery in it, but Jesus never said, take and understand fully. He said, take and eat. Take and eat. Let the mystery come into you, and you as you live that out in your life. Okay? He will, uh, he's redeemed you. He's given you life. He has placed you in a new status. You are now in Christ. Praise God. And if you are there this morning, 
then we want to invite you to come and do this time of communion together. The little 11-year-old listened to the communion sermon, and he was trying to process what the pastor was saying. And, uh, and he couldn't quite understand it, and the pastor just said, well, if you just listen quietly, you're going to hear what, you're going to hear God speak to you. So the little 11-year-old scrunched up and sh shut his eyes really tight just to take on the full listening mode of an 11-year-old, trying to figure out what God might be saying. Well, the pastor wasn't even done with his sermon yet, and the little 11-year-old blurted out, I heard him. I heard him say something. What did you hear him say? He said, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time of communion this morning. Thank you so much for the hands that prepared the tables, the beautiful tables, and that got the bread and the, the wine of communion together for us to celebrate this moment. And yes, we look in the past and we look back, and we thank you for what you've accomplished in our behalf. Thank you so much. But it is so much more. It is also an hors d'oeuvre of a coming feast. For we celebrate today not just a memory of the past, but we anticipate a future moment when we're all able to sit down at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, this is an hors d'oeuvre. You take it in. Take this bread. Take this drink. Take it in, my body, my blood, take it in, for it is a promise of a coming meal. And Lord, we, we want to be at that meal. And so today, we do these spiritual, this time of spiritual hors d'oeuvres. It's always just some small token of, uh, and usually eaten with the hands. We don't even need forks and knives and spoons to do this. It's a spiritual hors d'oeuvre that we just tear off in a kind of a rudimentary way, in a, in a way that lets us know that you're real and that you have spoken and you have made yourself flesh in our world. You have come out of the mysteries of life and, and the invisible and you've made yourself visible. Praise God. And now we take it in. We take you in for the glory of God in your name. Amen. Ushers, if you would, just release this row by row.
Well, I feel like I've been to church today. Thank you so much. Your smiling faces and um, your attentive ears. Larry talked about listening and observing, verifying and engaging. One of the most creative expressions of love I've ever heard. Let's do more of that this week, shall we? And God will be with us and strengthen us in our families. Listen, observe, verify, and engage. Thank you, Larry. And thank you, Lord, for his grace. Will you stand with me this morning? Let me just offer benediction for each of you, and we'll let you go. Father, thank you so much for this Thanksgiving week and this Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you so much for the beauty of the body of Christ. Each one offers so much by way of giftedness and gift mix and interest and learning. Thank you for speaking to us through your servant, Larry, today. Thank you for each of these that have presided over communion as they have shared the, the mystery of the body of Christ. And thank you so much for speaking to us in and through Jesus. And now our calling is to believe and live in light of this great, great truth. And may we do that this day, and may we do so in gratitude. And we should ask all of these things and pray all these things in your strong name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great week.